Those are some amazing musicians, man, and just people in general. Yeah. Like, I remember when it was the days when we had to share rooms. Mm -hmm. I had to get Valdez to go to sleep, <laughs> man. He's wearing me out all the way out. But <laughs> but I love him, and he never changed. No. You know, he, that's, Valdez is Valdez all the time, no matter what. Mm -hmm. And and it just it showed me a lot. I mean, the, the first time I met Valdez, the first gig we did together was Keep Sweat on TV. Wow. Um, Keep It Coming was the song we was doing. And something happened with the drum machine in rehearsal. And I was like, you the worst. <laughs> and he took that literally. <laughs> and he went back to the room and was like, yeah, I'm going to be fresh tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> this nigga said I was the worst. Gerald said I was the worst. Wow. So... And he tells me that story all the time. And, uh, <laughs> it's just like uh, it's it's so it's so amazing that you know people don't know um, where Kern and Valdez come from. They Ooh. come from Detroit, but Detroit, yeah. all of the wine and stuff mm -hmm. that's Kern. Yeah, a lot of the commission stuff. Yes, Valdez. Mm -hmm. People don't know that. No, they don't. Um, but. Uh, you know, like I said, these guys got history and me and Kern's history. I mean, we knew each other before the guy gig. But okay. The guy gig is when we start playing together. Did y'all do Mary together too? Yeah. So okay. so Kern got Mary first and then brought me in. Yes. And brought Valen. Yeah. And then from Mary, it just started Gone. the ripple effect. The yes, ripple. sir. Yeah. Man, and, shout and, out to the legends, man. Yeah. Wow. I'm going to tell you what's the craziest thing. All of these artists go and see each other. Yeah. And that's how we was going from gig to gig to gig. Because wow. it's like, yo, you see Mary's band? Mm -hmm. Oh, them niggas is dope. Like, yeah, I'm going to get them next year. Yeah. Hence, that's how we kept, that's how kept, we kept working going. year round. That's how we kept going. Oh, man. This is episode 13 of the In the Pocket Podcast. <laughs> I am here with the legend, man, the one and only Gerald G. Stroh Hayward, man. Yes, sir. My guy is in here dropping out. It don't even feel like we've been out here for two hours already. And <laughs> we are just going. It's two homeboys, two bros just talking, man. Mm -hmm. um, I'm super grateful for you being here, bro. I'm going to give you two more segments real okay. quick, and I'm going to get you out of here so we can go watch okay. the next play. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Lakers fan, but go ahead. Oh, wow. That hurts. <laughs> I'm being from New York. I'm gonna leave that to Magic Johnson, right? It had to be that Magic era, right? No, listen, I'm a, I'm a players fan. Oh, so, yeah, I'm. I'm sorry, I'm a players oh. fan because I'm gonna tell you why. All the New York teams have hurt me so bad. Of course, yeah. I don't give them another chance to do it. Oh man. So you know, I'm good. That year that they let Stocks keep shooting at three and he was missing. Ninety four. Like I'm over this. Yeah. I was like, yo, I'm totally over this. Oh. Um, so I, I became uh yeah, a I'm a fan, fan of, of, a the fan of the player of the player, right? Oh uh, yeah, Tom Brady's my greatest. Oh man, yeah, you're a New I'm Yorker sorry. and you love Tom Brady. Oh, this is you are just breaking <laughs> everybody's heart from the East Coast, bro. <laughs> from the tri-state area, you're killing us. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm All a right. Tom Brady fan. I'm going through a divorce right now, but I just got a big contract to uh <laughs> to talk on TV for two hundred million dollars. I'm good. I'm, re I'm retiring with him. I ain't oh picking no team no more. I'm good. Oh, that is funny. <laughs> Let's play a game, G. It's called Rapid Fire. I'm, I'll give you a, a multiple choice and you tell me which one you which which one is your preference. Okay. All right. So New York or LA? New York. New York. Logic or Pro Tools? 
Logic. Uh, Roland or Yamaha Electronics? Roland. London or Paris? London. Okay. Headphones or in-ears? Headphones. Okay. Now, I know you have your own stick, but 5A or 5B? Um, It would be 5A. 5A. You have like a stream, like it's a little longer? Well, my, my stick is um, birth from the 3A. Okay. And from, so what happens is when you get your own stick, Vic mm-hmm. first sends you a bunch of sticks. Yeah. And they, and you say what you like and what you don't like about each one of them. And then what's left over, they narrow down the criteria and they make dope. your stick. That's dope. So my stick derives from a 3A. Okay, that's dope. So, yeah. All right. Uh, <laughs> pizza or Chinese food? Um, Chinese. Chinese. Bronx pizza or Brooklyn pizza? Uh, Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Nike don't or Adidas? Don't, go, don't go to the Bronx for pizza? pizza? <laughs> don't go to the Bronx, period. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, Nike or Adidas? Nike. Nike. Puma or New Balance? New Balance. Okay. Spanish food or Italian food? Italian. Yeah. Nathan's or White Castle? Uh, White Castle. White Castle. Okay. With Nathan on the side. <laughs> yeah, right. We used to drive. I, I lived in Bridgeport. No, uh, the nearest one was in the Bronx. Or we would drive like three o'clock in the morning. We would just go to X13 uh, to, to, to White Castle because we didn't have one in Connecticut. That's crazy. Yo, but you know what the crazy thing is? Now they're all, they took them all out of Philly. Really? So, like, when I go to New York, you I literally win. have White Castle because we pass it. Yeah. To come home and to go to New York. So <laughs> yeah, I go all the way down there to get White Castle. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that's mm. dope. Chopped cheese or a cheesesteak? Um, chopped cheese. Chopped cheese. What's your favorite throwback throwback brand? Aniche, Mecca, Academic, or Woolware? This is for the real New Yorkers right here. Academic. Academic. Uh Atlanta or Houston? Houston. Okay. Jamaica or Puerto Rico? Jamaica. Canada or Mexico? Canada. Okay. Yankees or Mets? <laughs> Yankees. Yankees. Jets or Giants? Giants. Giants. Knicks or Nets? The Knicks. <laughs> Snapbacks or fitteds? You got to fit it out. So. Fit it. Fit it. All right. Fit. So what, what season? Coats and boots? And Tim's or like t-shirts and sneakers and shorts? Um, sneakers and t-shirts because that's when my birthday is. Okay. <laughs> Got you. Father's Day and birthday okay. is that time. So I'll take that over the the coats and stuff. Got you. Got you. Yeah. Do you enjoy making the song or performing the song? Um, Performing the song. Okay. Yeah. Do you uh, prefer t- touring and traveling or studio sessions? Touring and traveling. Touring and traveling, okay. Starter or Mitchell and Ness? Ooh. Mitchell and Ness. Mitchell and Ness, okay. Mitchell and Ness. Jordan 1s, highs or lows? <laughs> highs. Highs, okay. Um, early mornings or late nights? Um, late nights. Okay. Character or skill? Character versus skill. Which one? 
character versus skill. Skill, yeah. Mm. That's a hard one. Character versus skill. Character. Character. Tell me why. Um, because you can have all the skill in the world, but if nobody likes you, <laughs> who are you yeah. showing your skill to? Yeah. <laughs> if nobody don't want you around. Yeah. If nobody can't talk to you, mm-hmm. who are you showing your skill to? Right. So I feel like character, how you carry yourself, how you yeah. present yourself, um, it it makes the person receive your skill. Yes. If that makes sense. Yeah. 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 It makes it easy for the, the, you to be around them. And yeah. I heard you say in another interview, like you, uh, you're with these people on stage and you're traveling and touring with them so much. You're not even with your family as much. And so you yeah. gotta, you gotta be a likable person. I mean, I'm going to tell you like when the one audition I ever had in my life was with Janet Jackson. And uh, I remember, you know, doing the audition and then, she tells everybody to leave the room and she tells me to come sit next to her. Mm-hmm. And I come sit next to her and she goes, she says something like, um, so how would you be if we were on tour and people were screaming your name and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I was like, well, first of all, you fine. Let's start there. <laughs> off the rip. <laughs> right, off the rip. Second <laughs> of all, I was like, um, you know, it just goes in one ear and out the other. Um, I'm not really into the whole, the praising portion of it. Like I don't, I don't get caught up in my own hype basically is what I was saying. And then I was like, you know, I said, you know, I'm not, I'm not downplaying you or anything, but I play for your brother. Yeah. So, you know, if, if, if that didn't get me on a a head trip, Mm. I don't think any of this will. Mm. And she was like, I respect that. She's like, you know, I respect that. But exactly. but it's all about it's all about it's all about for her, it was like how you gonna act when you're making this money and you yeah. you're around and all these people are screaming your name. Like right. I need to know because I can't deal with somebody yeah. that's smelling themselves. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? And she knew that we were gonna be around each other. Of course, yeah. For a long period of time. She's feeling you out. So yeah, she don't want you, she didn't want your attitude or your height to spill over into something else. So bro, what's a quick way for somebody to get sent home? This is helping somebody. <laughs> uh to get that one way ticket. Not Got knowing it. the music. Okay. Not knowing the music. Um being late. Mm-hmm. Um you know, being disrespectful. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not really um, respecting the higher ups and the people that's above you, and taking yeah. and taking direction. Mm. You know, taking direction from the musical director, or from the artist, or whatever. Yes. You know, when 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 those sort of uh, uh, attitudes or things are put out like that, you know, it's 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 noted really quickly. Yeah, you know, it's like. You know, the artist will notice it, the MD will notice it, the production manager will notice it. Yeah, and they'd be like, oh, yeah, that nigga's whack. Like, don't, <laughs> even if he can play, yeah. Like, yeah, I don't like his attitude. I don't yeah. like, you know, so, yeah, that's, those are the things that could get you, like, stowed out, you know, fired on your day off is what yes, we call sir. it. How the hell are you going to get fired on your day off? 
<laughs> Thank you, man. This is episode 13 with the legend Gerald Hayward, man. All right, I'm gonna bring it home with this. Um, I'm gonna play okay. some clips of some records you played on. You just give me some quick backstory on it, all right? Okay. So we're gonna take it back to the 90s on this one. Tell me about this era. Okay. I believe so two things about that one John Patitucci's wife was playing the cello right wow. next to me whoa he came to a rehearsal and I'm sitting there like I'm telling Kern like yo that look like John Patitucci right there he's sitting <laughs> in rehearsal reading a paper yeah when we rehearsing for that yes because he's waiting for his wife it's like and I was like yo man that fool look like John Patitucci. <laughs> so I go over to him later on. I go, yo, man, you know, I'm not trying to be funny or anything, but you look like this famous bass player named yeah. John Patitucci. He was like, oh, yeah, really? He's like, is he a good looking dude? I'm like, yeah, yeah. He, I mean, you know, I'm, I don't know. Like, yeah. Like, yeah, he was like, well, yeah, that, him is me. And I'm like, what? He's like, yeah. He's like, yeah, that's my wife playing the cello, sitting next to the drums. So, so that was one story. Um, the second story is the way that I got um, that I got the audition for for Janet Jackson was because the percussion player Terry Centille, mm. who played for Justin Timberlake and all yeah. of them, Legend. he that was his first gig with us with 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 Black uh, with Blackstreet, Whoa. and he recommended me for uh, for Janet. Janet. Whoa. And, and and it was like, he was like, yo, you know Little John? And I'm like, mm -hmm. yeah, I know Little John. He's like, yo, you you sound like Little John. Like you play like Little John. And like <laughs> I was like, yeah, we from church. So <laughs> that, that is. But yeah. that was that. 
Mike Phillips was actually in that band as yes, well. Wow. Um, I got Mike Phillips his first gig, R&B gig. Was yeah. Um, Shout out Mike Phillips. Well, I need Mike Phillips on here too, Mike. Yeah. Cool, yeah, and, 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 um, and, uh, so, and we was just coming off of New Edition Reunion Tour. Wow. So we came straight off a of New Edition Reunion Tour, went and did Unplug and all of that. Um, we wasn't kind of prepared like we should have been because, you know, Teddy was trying to figure out how to take instruments away but replace them. Because, mm -hmm. you know, it's all, it's all machine-based. Of course, yeah. And it's just us playing on top of it. Of so when he had to get rid of the machine totally mm -hmm. because it's called unplugged yeah. like we was doing stupid stuff like me not playing the china yeah <laughs> like it's like yo nah like but you know we got through it yeah we got through it and teddy wanting the songs to be extra fast and yeah. different little things like that but uh we got through it and and uh that was a really good experience um you know, Joe Wilson was actually supposed to be playing Teddy's vocal parts as well. And they they X'd that out because, you know, MTV Unplugged is like, yo, that's not an unplugged. It's not unplugged. Yeah. So, but, you know, like I said, uh, that was a great time. That was that's a good so What year was that? It was like 90, 90, what? I don't know. Dang. Don't know was. That was killing. Y'all had a, you had a I remember getting. I remember getting dressed up and getting on a train and going back to New York to do because we did it in Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. Wow, right at home. In Brooklyn, yeah, we did it in Brooklyn. So those were the UFIP days too. UFIP days. Yeah, those were the UFIP days. days. I told you I'm a student of this thing. <laughs> let's go to the next one. Let's go to let's go to gospel. This is where the world found you first. Tell me about that. You were 16, you said? Yeah, I'm about 16 and 17. Like crazy. So so the craziest thing about that time was um uh like yo, we just was kids and we yeah. just wanted to play. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. And um, you know, you kind of didn't have a care in the world back then because like mm -hmm. I said, we we wasn't paying no bills. No, nope. so we <laughs> so like that recording. Stanley Brown's mother paid for the truck. Wow. Remember the uh, Big yeah, Mo or somebody Big like Mo. that? Big so, Mo. So we didn't even know better that we was on Sweet Rain and they were supposed to pay for the truck. So no, we were supposed to play, yeah. Right. So we 
So Stanley's mom paid for the truck. And the way that she paid for the truck, she was the landlord. She was uh, uh, like the building person. Property manager. For property manager, right? Yeah. She took the rent money and gave it to us so that we could record. I'll make it. And then we charge $5 a person at Bible Way. <laughs> and we got the money back to give to her. But she used the rent money yeah. for that. And, um, you know, because we was just kids that just wanted to be heard. That just, you know what I mean? We 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 made a buzz in the city because we would go into to people's um, anniversaries and sending up a note saying, yo, Love Fellowship, we, we need to sing. We never, we was even on the program. What we was doing? Program? We Put wasn't on the, on the pro we wasn't <laughs> on the program, and that's how we got. But that's how we got the buzz. I love it. I that's love it, man. <laughs> I love you know it. I love it. That was that yeah. era. It was that era. It was we, that era. We had to claw so, to get where we needed that, to go. But that particular song, yeah, Teddy Riley really thought it was two drummers playing that song. So crazy. Yeah, and nobody nobody remembers that Jeff played on that album as well. He sure did. He sure did. Absolutely. He played two songs on that album. So. Yep. Let's yep. go, let's go, let's keep it in New York. Let's go. <laughs> Crazy, bro. Oh, wow. Oh, man. Amazing, man. So that's uh, that's that's coming off a of guy. Coming right straight back to the church. Mm -hmm. And that's exercising what I know yeah. <laughs> church music to be. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, I, it's funny because, um, you know, all of those foot techniques and stuff like that was just natural for me like it, yeah like i said like the bass drum was my strongest point yeah so i you know i couldn't do like what aaron was doing with all of these whatever he was doing you gotcha, know gotcha, gotcha, rudiments yeah. and different yeah. things like that but um yeah that was me that was that was what what you guys was trying to emulate you know what I mean? and it, it was a good time because what you got to remember is um with barry 
Barry mm-hmm. playing Kungas and Craig, you know, what when we first got Craig to do was quote unquote the Timbali thing, mm-hmm. we used two toms from a drum set. <laughs> and that was the first time we pulled that out and it was like, yo, we just gone, yeah, we're gonna groove with this and see yeah. how this works. And wow. that was the inception of everybody having Timbalis and yes, sir, all of that wow. stuff. It's like we didn't really wow. even have Timbalis. We had no. I had an old Rogers drum set that Jeff gave me, and I took the two toms and put it on the stand and, and tuned them up. Craig had yeah, yeah. tuned them up. That's what <laughs> and but because that's we were studying, you know, sign of the times and all yeah. of that stuff. So of course, yeah. he, mm-hmm. you know, all of that. We was going to the movies to see Bring on a Night. Yes. And, you know, we was we was studying. We was in that era. Right? That's so moment. dope, yeah. So yeah. <laughs> So that's what it was. We just brought it to church. Like, yo, we gonna blaze this joint. I remember one anniversary, we was tossing the drumsticks to each other. We was playing the playing the intro, yeah. and tossing the drumsticks, and everybody was like mortified. Like, it's like, yo, what just Whoa. happened? But that's just what the era we was that's in. That's the era, man. Um, yeah. I wouldn't change it for the world, bro. <laughs> so I'm gonna take you to mid '90s on this one. This this album right. literally changed my life. Okay. Oh, wow. Before this album, nobody mm-hmm. was programming choir music. Oh, nobody, yeah. nobody was. Joe was bringing sound systems to churches. <laughs> he bringing monitors, the two NPCs. Yeah. Like he literally, whatever y'all was doing on the road, he brought it back to church and changed yeah. the game. So I'm gonna tell you when that what when that happened. Mm. That happened after we was on tour with New Kids on the Block, and we came back. And Joe was like, yo, we're going to do a church album, whatever, whatever. Joe literally, from the guy, when we were doing Guy, after Guy, Joe went and stayed with Teddy in Virginia. And they did the Humping Around album. 
Jesus. So Teddy, Teddy, um, um, Joe played on Summer Humping Around. And um, and then um that's when that's when Teddy moved to Virginia and Joe went with him. Mm -hmm. Joe went with him. Then Joe came back. Teddy did the New Kids on the Block album. We got the gig. Me, Kern, Joe, all of us, we got the gig. We went on tour with them. After that, we came back and we did Your House. We did that whole Your House. And then that's when Joe started pushing the racks in church. Like, oh, yeah. Uh, I got a whole new concept going on. It was never, like, that changed, that changed <laughs> my life, man. I'm speechless because... We were so swole from that, man. Like we had never seen, like I remember you came to Bridgeport from came to Moles Church. And you weren't there, yeah. but I think Jeff was playing then. Jeff or was there. Keith, Keith uh -huh. Marshall was playing then. Yeah. Dog. <laughs> I, I'm 15 years old, maybe 16. And Joe got his got roadies. You know, oh yeah. It's the whole mindset of professional music. <laughs> I had only seen that. I had been introduced to it when Mike and Nate, Mike right. and Nate Clemens went to play for Aaron Hall. And yeah. him, Nate, and Tom Tom came back. Rodney Davis, they were all out with Aaron, and they came back and brought Moogs and all that stuff. Like we had <laughs> never seen that before. Never because seen church that. was just organ and drums. Yeah. So we had never seen professional music before. So yeah. then here come y'all coming fresh off tour, bringing that whole vibe to church. Now yeah. we in a midnight musical. We gotta wait ten minutes for Joe to plug everything up. <laughs> so everybody, the anticipation's building up. Everybody standing up waiting, like what they gonna do. And bro, when he hit play start on that NPC, <laughs> it it changed our life. Then you come in with the DW and like the way your symbols, it just was crazy, man. It, it was the best time in the world, man. Y'all was smacking. Like we had yeah. never seen that like that before. Man. It was fun, man. It was fun. It, it wasn't no pressure. It wasn't no, you know what I mean? I'm better than you. You better than me. Uh, you don't know how to play this music or whatever. It was just fun. It was just like, yo, I'm just having a time of my life. Like, mm. I, um, Joe made it really easy, but like learning how Teddy went about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he like, he brought it into the church. Like, yo, we about to, we about to do something. We about to change how people are looking at it and how, yeah, how it. it's going down. I, and, I'm a witness. Yeah. I, I went to the Guitar Center with Sam Ash back then and, I, and Daddy right. Junkie Music and we bought monitors. We bought, <laughs> like, we was taking all our little money. We was saving up buying like two little monitors that we could yeah. buy, little, some little power amps. We had right. drum machines. Like we was practicing, man. Like yeah. we, we knew that's what we wanted. Yeah, yeah, what yeah. What y'all was doing, I was like, we were aspiring to be that, bro. And I want to yeah. thank you because you opened uh, my mind, bro. Like you opened my mind to being a professional musician. Yeah. And I, I want to thank you for that, yo. That's crazy because like I remember like hearing Mike and hearing you and hearing Skeeter. Mm -hmm. like, like, yo, Skeeter, this nigga is crazy. Monster. But um, <laughs> so so it's um I've always had a very um high regard for the Connecticut musicians. Um, because you guys were studied to the point where it's like you know, nobody would know. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's like, bam. Right. Yo, like Brandon that mm -hmm. played bass. Right. B. Hodge, yeah. Yeah, B. Hodge did a um he did a gig with me with Chris Brown. Yes, sir. And I didn't even know he was that like, you know, like I put him automatically after that gig, I put him in the same vein as DW and Reggie Young. And Memory all. wise, right? But I didn't know. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I didn't know him. Like you know, well, number one, he's a pal. So yeah, yeah he's he's a pal. So, so it's like wow. But but at the same time, you know, I respect. I yeah. respect all the Connecticut musicians, you, and I, I respect it because y'all didn't take for granted what y'all was seeing. Y'all didn't mm -hmm. take for granted what y'all were hearing. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? From Joe on down, like Aaron said to me the other day, Aaron Spears, he was like, yo. He was like, when Joe Wilson came to DC and he was playing the keyboard, playing the chords down here and then playing the flute patch, he was like, yo, we never heard nothing like that. No. He was like, that joint was just like, all this, glory. This is the best thing. I, right, glory and honor. Like, I, this is the best thing. He was like, yo, this, you know, it's like, I'm a drummer, but I'm so, he was like, I'm so attached to that, just that time frame, you know, with Joe playing the key and the way he was doing it. And it was like, yo, this nigga is amazing. Joe so, is supposed to be on the show. So hopefully you see this uh, Joe yeah, and you yeah. come on and tell your story. Cause you, y'all music changed my life. And I told him that in, <laughs> in text and, and he was supposed to be here in Atlanta. We were supposed to record it live, but man, yeah. Joe and Gerald, uh, even when, um, when Jeff was playing the rock yeah. and all that, come on, man, that stuff changed my <laughs> life, bro. Like, I'm forever indebted to y'all, man, for real. Yeah, Jeff, Jeff's drum contribution was really amazing, and yeah. and like I said, he opened me up to everybody that wasn't in church. Yeah, and it was like what he taught me was he taught me how to study, but mask it. Yeah, you know what I mean, mask it to the point where it's like. Oh, they just think it's just you. Yeah. And it's that's okay. Yeah. Because that means that you are manipulating what you're learning. Yes. And and then at some point, it's gonna be you and not what you studied. It's exactly. gonna be like, yo, this is how I hear it. Exactly. So you processing it, and then when you spit it back out or when you put it back out, mm -hmm. it's like, oh yeah, that's crazy. How you hear it. Yes, sir. Thanks. That's, that's so it. dope. <laughs> I gotta I got two left, but I, I don't uh -huh. you tell me which one you want. You want the Rob Thomas or you want because I want to hear that story. And then okay. I got a Beyonce clip too. I'll do the Rob Thomas. Okay. So the way that I got on this record was, I'll mm. tell you the story, the way that I got on the record. Yeah. The way that I got on the record was I was on tour with Mary J. Blige. Um, the production manager was the production manager for the Google Dolls 
and for Matchbox 20. Wow. And we doing the show, we come into Radio City. He calls Rob Thomas and says, look, you gotta come hear this drummer. Wow. Right? So Rob's like, all right, I'm coming down. Check out the show, I wanna check out the drummer. So he comes, but at this time, I've been away from my wife for six months. <laughs> Jesus. And so once the last beat is played at Radio City, Ow. I'm in my car. Right. On my way to Pennsylvania to see my wife. Yes. Um, he he came to the show and he wasn't able to meet me because I left. Yeah. All right. Fast forward. I'm on tour with um, Beyonce, Missy, Alicia Keys, and Tamia. It was the ladies' first tour, right? Mm. So we have a break. So in this break the background singers got hired to do a gig. Yeah. And they go to the gig or whatever, and Poogee Bell's playing drums. Like, they go to the gig to do whatever they're doing. Yeah. This lady walks in and goes, does anybody know Gerald Haywood? <laughs> so the background singer um, was like, yeah, I know him. Like, I'm on tour with him right now. Like, you know, we play ball. We, uh, that's, our, you know, that's my boy, whatever. Yeah. And she was like, yo, you got a number on him? Like, sure. So she gives him the number, gives gives her the number. And she calls me and she says, this is such and such. And I'm calling from Matchbox 20, Rob Thomas office. Wow. And I said, okay. And she said, is this Gerald Haywood? And I said, yes, it is. And she said, okay, I'm gonna call you right back. She hung up the phone. So when she hung up, up, up the phone, I call Teddy Campbell <laughs> and I go, yo, Teddy, you ever heard of Matchbox 20, Rob Thomas, blah, blah, blah. He was like, yeah. I was like, yo, they called me. He was like, what? He was like, he was like, take the gig, just take the gig, take the gig. Yeah. And I was like, yo, that's totally out of my element, my genre, my everything. Like, yeah. I don't know how to play rock music. I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know the, the essence of that or whatever. He was like, look, man, just say yes, man. Don't I'm saying. <laughs> He hangs up the phone. The lady calls back and she go, yes, Rob Thomas came to see you at the Mary J. Blige concert, but you left. Wow. Um, he wants you to play a song on his record, his solo record. And I was like, cool. And then she asked me, she said, you know, how much you making per week, if you don't mind me asking? I said, with Mary. I was mm -hmm. like, um, I'm making $42.50 a week. And she was like, okay, cool. So I talked to Rob about that. So she she called me back again. She she hung up. She called me back again. She said, Rob wants you to do one song. So he'll pay you 1500 for the day. Wow. And he wants you to come to Hit Factory, blah, blah, blah. All right, cool. Yeah. So get my gear together. I go to the Hit Factory. Um, like two days later, I go to the Hit Factory. I walk in. And the did, engineer. Did they, they send you a song? No, 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 it's just come to the session. Sure. Right? Um, I walk in and the engineer is Timberland's engineer. And he like, yo, Charles, what's up, man? I'm like, yo, what's <laughs> up, man? What's good? It's like, what you doing here? He's like, man, what you doing here? I, said, I don't know. I said, I don't know. This is so out of my element. He said, yo, it's out of my element, too. <laughs> so he's like, I don't know. I guess we'll see what happens. So we sitting around, whatever, all my stuff is set up. Rob Thomas walks in 
And he go, you're Gerald? And I go, yeah, I'm Gerald. And he introduced himself to the engineer. I said, and he was like, man, I've been looking for you for a while. And he's like, I'm so glad you're here. It's cool. So I was like, yo, it's cool. He's like, yeah, I want you to play the song on my album. I was like, cool. I said, can I hear the song? Can I go in and kind of mess with it and see, learn it? Mm -hmm. And he was like, sure. So he put the song on. I go in the booth. I'm playing a song, doing whatever. And I was like, all right, I got it. I go. To, I got the concept of the song or whatever. I come back out the booth and he was like, oh man, that's amazing. We keeping that. I'm like, <laughs> no, no, no. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm just trying to figure out the song. He's like, no, nah, no, nah, that was amazing. That was that was amazing. That and was then he crazy. was like, and then he was like, yo, I got uh 12 more songs I want you to play. And he was like, I'm gonna need you for two and a half months. Oh <laughs> and I was like, so what I said was, well, what about the rate? Yeah. He was like, Oh, we just keep it at the rate. Yeah. So we do fifteen hundred a day for two, two and a half, half months. months. So I did that two and a half months. God really blessed me. Two and a half months, I did it. And what I did was, you know, cause they're rock dudes, Yeah. but they were using drum machines. Yeah. But so they wanted me to replace all the drums, all the drums and yeah. then play drums on top of it. Yes. So I wound up doing that to every song, everything. So that whole album is yeah. me. Everything, oh all the stuff that sound program is me. Yeah. And then a couple of weeks later, after I finished, I don't know, I was somewhere and Ty Chibri come over to me. He go like, Gerald, you was playing on this uh <laughs> this thing that we sang on. Yeah. But Rob Thomas for some whatever. And I was like, yeah. He was like, yeah, we sang on the songs that you played. <laughs> and it was like, yo, it's like, who's the drummer? It's like, yo, that's Gerald. It's like, Gerald Haywood. Like, so <laughs> it was crazy that that Rob Thomas, I mean, that, um, you know, that um, Ty Tribbett was on that. Yes. And then um, Randolph, the dude that plays the steel guitar. Mm. He was on that too, Robert Randolph or whatever. He was he was on that record. Wow. And, and it was like, really, Rob Thomas had a whole church collective. Of course, yeah. On his record with a Timberland engineer. Crazy. <laughs> and so that was my inception that that's how I got with Rob Thomas. And the reason why I didn't do the tour is because I was out with Destiny's Child. Mm. And his tour rehearsal was starting before Destiny's Child tour was over. Yeah. And like, I came back the day they started, but Abe Fogle was the drummer. Okay. And that's my heart. I love yeah. Abe. Yeah. And I never, you know, I was like, yo, I should just go show up at yeah. the rehearsal. Cause if I show up, I'm gonna get the gig, but I, I couldn't do that to Abe. <laughs> no, I couldn't no. do that to Abe, and and um and Abe is still his drummer to this day. But oh, that's dope. Yeah, but that was that. You know, it was all a blessing. Like I I I received what I was gonna receive out the situation, and it was time for Abe to to receive that's his dope. blessing. You know, what I mean, him and Al Cardi. Yeah, um, Al Cardi, New York yeah. man. Yep. Hey man, you are a blessed dude, man. You are. <laughs> An innovator, a life Thank changer, you. man. Um, I'm grateful for your time. I think I'm thankful for you coming out and uh, mm -hmm. spending time with me, man. I don't, I don't <laughs> count it short, man, at all because you, you really. I couldn't wait for this episode. Um, I've been trying to lock you down since yeah since Thanksgiving. I'm I got sorry. Thanksgiving notes in my in my in my notes right here so, <laughs> talking about Thanksgiving. So, <laughs> um, I'm frying turkeys, bro. Yeah, man. So, <laughs> G, you are a life changing person that loves God, um, you gave back. And I don't ever want you to question your contribution, bro. Yeah. We would not be doing Thank you. this without you, bro. 
And I just Thank wanted to have you on here to celebrate you, hear your story, um, yeah. give you your flowers. Um, you got Thank many you. more years to play, many more albums to do, many more tours. Thank and you. um, the, but the, I can say this, and I represent a generation, bro. We wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you. Ah, oh, thanks, man. And I ain't trying to be, I'm not, you yeah. know, Hollywood convention talk. This All is from right. my heart, bro. Like, literally, you shape the generation and, and we do what we do because of you. Right. And, uh, I, and I'm grateful. And I'm grateful that. to that. Yeah. Did you have Calvin on yet? Yeah. Calvin was on before the year, my last episode of 2022. Oh, okay. And then I started 2023 with Brian. Okay. And so I have, you are my first drum interview of the, of the new year. So. Okay. Um, I am, I'm hype. I had Tiffany, uh, Stevenson on last, last month. Really? Yeah. So I'm touching singers and, and getting musicians right. and actors and playwrights and everybody, whoever can inspire, man. So. Right, right. My dog, uh, my brother-in-law, S.T. Bullock has, um, a podcast called Power of the Pen. Dope. And I know that name, S.T. Bullock. Yeah. S.T. S.T. wrote Sold Out and that's my brother-in-law. Okay. So, um, I had just got Stokely on, on his podcast. Stokely just, did his, <laughs> Stokely just did his podcast, and um, you know, God is really blessing that situation. But um, you know, it's just talking about you know, what 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 type of what mood you was in, or where were mm -hmm. you at headspace yeah. wise when you wrote this song, mm -hmm. or yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. And and it's just really good, good yeah. stuff. Um, and it reminds me. This reminds me of that as Absolutely, well. Absolutely, man. It's just like. You know, like I, I don't know a, a lot of things that that have happened to me that has been good. I don't realize it until it's totally over. Yeah. You know, like that Rob Thomas thing. I didn't realize that until I got back home and I was finished, and it was yeah. like, oh Whoa. snap! Like yeah. I just, you know, Michael Jackson. It's like, oh snap! Uh, I met Michael Jackson ten times before he knew what I did. Wow! Tell me that story. I need that before you. <laughs> Please. So. so you know, being around Teddy and all of them, you know, so let me let me go first. Dangerous, the Dangerous album. Mm -hmm. Michael Jackson pulled Guy off a tour so Teddy can finish his album. So we were just sitting yeah. in freaking California, like sitting there, and Michael Jackson was paying for us to sit there while Teddy <laughs> So me and Joe got a chance to go to the studio mm -hmm. with, with Teddy and Bernard and all of them that were there and and um life changing experience man it was like yo you know i got to go to michael jackson's house you know you went to neverland oh man <laughs> how about how about we took a helicopter from downtown la and we get off the helicopter and then we get into a van mm -hmm. we get into the van we driving in the van for like 20 minutes, 25 yeah. minutes. And I'm like, bro, where are we going? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then boom, the end of the 25 minutes, the house, Neverland, it shows up. Right. So from the gate yeah. to the house was a 30-minute ride. Stop it. <laughs> Another thing people didn't know, the ranch itself is the same size as Manhattan. The acreage of Manhattan, yeah. like twenty seven hundred acres. Yeah, that's what the size of the ranch. Never there. So wow. I got to experience that. But like I said, I've been around Michael Jackson a whole lot. Just being in the session, sitting in the corner, yeah. and you never knew that I played drums until I played 
on, on until I played with Rodney, until I did the Rodney stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He like, yo, who's the drummer? And I was I was at this point, I was like, look, man, I don't care about that record. Yeah. I want to go on tour. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because his, you know, his his pride, the what he was paying anywhere from fifteen to twenty five thousand a week for a drummer, you know, Ricky Lawson. I've Ricky had Lawson. with Ricky Lawson, where they getting five hundred dollars a day per diem. Mm. It's like what that feel like, bro. <laughs> like what that you know, uh I tell you a story he told me. He said, Yeah, you know, we was doing the dangerous album. Sorry, we was doing the dangerous album. And I mean we he said he was doing a dangerous tour. And you know, they was playing the outro or whatever. Michael comes off the stage. The owner of Rolex is standing there waiting to meet Michael. So they bring Michael off. He goes over to the owner of Rolex and he's like, Yeah, you know, I don't really wear jewelry or whatever. So the band is playing. And then as they finish, Ricky's coming down the ramp. So Michael goes, I got it, I got it, I got it. Wait, what? He's like, Ricky's my timekeeper. Yeah. You can say, Ricky's my timekeeper for a slogan and give him the watch. So he walked into a conversation where he receives presidential Rolexes. So, um, you know, things like that, I was privy to. I was able to have those discussions. And, you know, like I said, I, I met Michael Jackson and he didn't even know what I did until we got to the Rock My World album. Yeah. And I played those 10 songs. Wow. And um, that was just, uh, but like I said, I didn't realize it was happening until it was over. And I was like, yo, I played yeah. on the joint. I remember so, Aaron, Spears, Aaron Spears called me one day. And he said, yo, do you understand that you played for Michael Jackson and none of us are going to be able to ever say that? And then he yeah. hung up the phone. <laughs> I'm like, yo, dude, why you hang up the phone on me? He was like, because... It's like that stuff is documented. Like forever, Michael Jackson is gone. None of us are gonna ever be able to say we played for. Him. I was like, well, you know, you played for James Brown. I can't say that I did Ooh, that. Oh yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so it's you little know, John played for Prince. He got a he got a little Prince John story played and a, for Prince. He played for Prince and he got a Michael Jackson and a James Brown story. So he got all three. James Brown and he did Janet. Yeah, and he did and he, Janet. So so he you know. Everybody has been, you know, their journeys. Yeah. Our paths cross, our paths are connected, mm -hmm. but everybody has a journey that it's, it's like it's separated. It's like Word. this is Lil John, this is Aaron, this yep. is me, this is Jamal. Just yeah. everybody has Teddy. Yeah, everybody has a a path that it's like, yo, that's you, and that's only gonna be you, you know? And um, yeah, like like you know, that's what I can say. Like Michael Jackson, I was around him a bunch of times. That's amazing. And he didn't know what I did until I did it. And then <laughs> it was like he was inquiring because another drummer, I don't know who the drummer was, played on the songs and he wasn't good. Okay. You know? But if you listen to if you listen to Rock My World album, mm -hmm. Invincible album, and you listen to Full Moon. Mm. They got the same textures. You know yeah. why? Because we did them a week apart. Yeah, see, we I did was them in a that. week apart, and then Harvey Mason Jr. Mm -hmm. did the Brandy with, along with Rodney, That's and dope. he did Rock My World. That's amazing. 
So iconic, yeah. man. Iconic. We are here with the legend, Thank man. You. Gerald Hayward. I'm gonna let you go, G, because this oh, is man. just crazy. I can keep going all night. So <laughs> two questions. How do you want to be remembered and how important is legacy to you? Um and you got a long life to live. It's not one of the morbid questions. It's just like in theory, you yeah. know, what do people say I, I, about G? Well, I want to be remembered as a person that contributes something that wasn't there yeah. before I came along. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, always. Um, and legacy, I just want to pass it on and leave it in good hands. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I love the fact that I have a legacy. I love the fact that, you know, most groups that people are playing for now, I played for them when they were hot. Mm -hmm. when they were selling millions and millions of records. Yes. And now they are, you know, just basically kind of floating, mm -hmm. you know, kind of floating. Yeah. And um, God bless me to be a part of them. You know, I always say, um, you know, when I go out, when I go out with Beyonce, you know, her album comes out and then we go on tour. When we go on tour, when her album comes out, it'd be like a hundred, hundred thousand copies sold right then mm -hmm. we go on tour and when we come back it'd be like three million four million five yeah. million yeah. i always i always say that we had something to do with that yeah us getting on that stage every night and giving this show of the course. performance and we sold that many records so that's why i take that's why i take touring over studio yeah yeah, yeah. you know what i mean touching I lives yeah, yeah, I always take touring over studio for that reason because yeah. I feel like I am selling records. I yeah. feel like I'm doing the artist a, a just service. Absolutely, you know what I mean. And and that's been my whole thing. So, you know, my legacy is cool. I love it, but I just want to leave it in good hands, and I want want everybody to always mention mm -hmm. what I gave to the game. Yeah, you know how I helped shape the game you know and all of that that's amazing <laughs> man we're here with the legend man i'm gonna let him go man i mean this guy is i put innovator <laughs> on his title because he has a trendsetter a trailblazer uh first of my generation that i can remember that came from where i came from and went to international right. stages globally known um he changed the way we approach drums he changed the way we dressed you know he changed <laughs> the way how we set up our drums how we <laughs> sound I mean, jumping out the seat, you know, we all wanted the DWs. We all wanted the 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 symbols and, and the setup and the popcorn snares and the chimes. And, man, I just give you your props, man. I thank you for thank you. your Appreciate contribution it. to the game, man. I love you much. Appreciate it. Love and, you, um, man. And I'm grateful to you for being here, man. Um, and yeah, this is epic. This is epic, man. So you changed the game all with right. this one. The, the YouTube, all right, the YouTube likes likes it going through the roof on this one. So we, I'm, I'm hyped for this one. All right. Thank you, man. And I'll, right. I'll let you go. I'm going to hit you later, bro. Thank you so much. Right, Love man. you much. Wow. Episode 13 is a wrap for the In The Pocket Podcast. That's my guy, Gerald Hayward. Um, please continue to like the show. Please spread the word and let them know that we're putting out premium content on every episode. Thank you for your contribution. Thank you for your follows. Please like, share, and repost. And I'm so grateful that y'all took time out to rock with your boy. It's your boy, Kevin Chip Ginyard, saying have a good night. And I'll see you next time. Continue to stay in the pocket. Peace.